Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Podcast here on NGSCSports.com. We are live. It is Wednesday, January 25th, 2017, our last show in the month of January. Thank you again for tuning in and tuning in each and every week on NGSCSports.com, where we never stop. Visit the homepage for all of the content, all of the uh, all of the shows on the NGSC Sports Radio Network by checking them out there and also on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn Radio app by searching... NGSC. You can podcast our show on iTunes, on Android. Search Huddle Up with Jim and Dave. Also, we stream daily. LeebSports.com. That is L-E-E-I-B Sports.com. Also, check out Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast for everything, all the news and discussion. Also, we are now on Twitter. Make sure you are following us there. We have a goal to get to at least 100. I said at least, so we can obviously excel over that. But uh, 100 followers at least by the time the Super Bowl kicks off. So head over to on Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast. I am also on Twitter at Big Jim Sports. Dave is at D Gerhardt. That is D G E R H A R T 024. You can also email us if you care to do that. Huddle Up Podcast at Outlook.com. Let's get Dave in here before we have our guest. We'll talk about that here in just a second as he'll be calling in in a few minutes. Dave, how are you doing, my friend? Jim, we're doing pretty well tonight. Uh, it's Wednesday. We're we're over halfway done with the week. Uh, work week-wise, it's going pretty smooth, things considered. But uh, the downside is we only have one meaningful football game left uh, for I don't even want to think about how long. Uh, so that's a little for a while. For a while, yeah. That's uh, that's a pretty unfortunate thing, and we will uh, talk a little bit about that game this week. Obviously, next week. We will have our full preview and predictions and breakdown and all of that of the upcoming Super Bowl. But uh, for this week, no meaningful football to talk about. That that seems a little bit odd, as we've only uh, you know been on this road for a couple of months. Uh, in a few minutes, Dave, we're going to be talking to our guest and uh, have him on for the show, Tyler. He was the uh, the winner of the college uh, college bowl pool, right? Is that, that that's that's the uh, uh, what kind of a horrible host I am. He's the winner of the college thing, right? 
Correct. He's, he's the uh, he's the highest finishing non, finishing non Dave. We'll put it that way. Just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah the winner. Yeah, so he so, so he won. I because uh, yeah, to me you don't count. Well, if I don't count, then you don't count. So <laughs> fair enough. Whatever. Perfect. That means I wasn't the worst. Eh, whatever, whatever it takes. I'm in a good mood tonight, so you're, you're in trouble, big guy. No, I'm in a good mood, too. I played golf today while many people were slaving away at their jobs. I was enjoying the uh, – this was the first sunny day since, uh, like, October or something, I think, wasn't it? It's, see, at least, yeah, something like that. I, at least it feels I mean, that way. You're, you're going to sit here and, and gloat about playing golf this week, and you just uh, may have talked me into taking my clubs down to Florida in a couple weeks. So, pay back the bitch. <laughs> Yeah, and and no, my luck. It'll probably there'll probably be that white shit on the ground up here uh, by the time you're uh, you're in Florida. But for one day, I I, I had I the I had the spoils. Yeah, one two feet of snow because you volunteered to shovel for my pregnant wife. So you're such a sweetheart, sir. No, I didn't. I didn't say that at all. I think that was our friend Jason. I think Jason did that. Um, although I, I, I that might be. Your 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 pregnant wife. Hell, your on your your soon to be child is, is probably more uh, useful at that job. But uh, why do that, I feel like we would get a great enjoyment watching Jason shovel the driveway? Oh my god, yeah. Um, if the, if we can ever have this happen, or maybe like next time there is snow, we just need uh, Jason's wife to take video of it, and then we'll post that to our page because I think the listeners of this fine program. Uh, need to see that need to need to understand exactly what it is we're talking about but Dave uh I'm going to give you the opportunity to kind of welcome our guest on since uh since you were the actual first place uh par- participant here as as he was the number 1 next to you uh so just take a minute and uh and and welcome our guest and then I will uh will open the line to him as well Sure. Um, Tyler's joined us tonight. He, uh, he obviously was the highest finisher in the, uh, the bowl pick um, happy to have him on and talk some sports with us. Uh, one of the perks of, uh, winning one of our, uh, challenges, you get to call in and, uh, be part of the show and, uh, help talk stuff. So, uh, Tyler, we'll turn it over to you for a little bit. Uh, give us a little bit of background on yourself, uh, kind of your sports teams you like, uh, anything along those lines and, uh, go ahead and shoot at the first topic. Uh, anything you want across any sports, uh, wide open, feel free. So welcome aboard. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity. It's a pretty cool um, prize, I must say, to to get a chance to come on the show and and just uh, chat with you guys about uh, about sports. Um, so I guess just about me. I'm from Toronto. So um, you know, growing up, a lot of the teams that I um, love are uh, the Jays um, and the Raptors. Um, Mostly, can't say that uh, I'm a true Canadian that I followed the Leafs all that much, but uh, definitely know what's going on with them. But don't actively watch them like I will the other two. From an NFL point of view, um, tend to go with the Bills as they're only a two-hour drive away. So um, my uh, family has had some season tickets for a while, so we usually go down for the home games. And uh, man, those Bills fans are absolutely crazy, aren't they? I went to school in Rochester, so uh, the uh, Bills fans some- know how to do it pretty good. It's something else down there. It really is. <laughs> um, but as far as sports that I really watch the most, probably college basketball, to be honest, which is a bit of an anomaly here in Canada. But uh, but I'm probably um, 
that uh, to your listeners or listeners are probably not going to be too happy, but I'm definitely a big uh, Blue Devils fan. So I'm happy to chat about that. I'm sure everyone has their uh, their point on how they feel about Duke that they usually like to point out. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, definitely. I mean, it's a okay. uh, it's a shut up, Jim. It's a uh, <laughs> it's an uh, interesting season for Duke, without a doubt. With uh, I'm sure that you can only guess which one player stands out from Duke this year. Um, but I, I think college basketball is pretty interesting. I saw something. I think we retweeted it to the show page yesterday. But I think West Virginia was the first team in or second team in the past 35 years or something along those lines to to successfully beat the number one and number two team by over 15 points in each game. So. Um, just, just kind of random oddball stats like that. But uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on Duke, and uh, how, how do you see them doing in, in the uh, in the tournament and uh, conference tournament? I mean, and uh, in the actual big tournament. I mean, it, it's kind of a year where there's a lot of teams that are. Uh, it's kind of like uh, every other sport we've been talking about. That there's a whole lot of parity in the uh, in the college basketball world. Yeah, definitely. I think was it last night when uh, one, two, and four went down, which. Um, I mean, if if that continues to be the case, it's going to be a pretty exciting March. But as far as Duke goes, I think, um, God, I'm usually a a pretty big pessimist when it comes to Duke. I'm usually one of the few Duke fans who like to to tone things down and be be realistic. But for some reason this year, I I do tend to think, you know, a lot of things haven't gone their way, whether that be Coach K, um, you know, Grayson's uh, off-court issues or technically on-court. but stretching into off-court issues and I just have this feeling that you know this is going to be a team that once Coach A comes back in in February like I think they'll be able to put it together with these young guys and um, at least make a decent run I mean these they've got some good playmakers and it's uh, you know it's starting to feel a bit um, a bit like a lost season but I think there's still a chance they can turn around so I'll I'll be one of the many uh, optimistic Duke fans this year. Very, very well said on that. And I, I think it's uh, hard, hard to even, uh, I don't want to say consider, fathom, but uh, I think you might have some value on the Duke team uh, being an underdog type uh, on the tournaments and the, the both tournaments, uh, the conference and the, the big show comes along. Uh, so I think it is a team that has underperformed all year with all the other issues going on. But this is a team with uh, the solid coaching, uh, with Coach Hay back and everything when he's back. Um, but with, with that solid coaching, that this team could uh, could make a run and surprise you. It, it kind of reminds me of a uh, a Michigan State team that's under the radar all year, and then uh, with Izzo coaching them, all of a sudden they're there in the tournament. And um, I, I think this year's March Madness is going to be a lot det- or determined a lot by matchups and who matches up well and uh, any everything along those lines. So uh, it, it should be interesting. Um, Notre Dame actually has a pretty solid basketball team this year, Jim. Yeah, I mean, they have to at least have one sport that's competitive, I think. So, I mean, football clearly was <laughs> f- far from anything close to the word competitive. But, no, I mean, their, their team, Mike Bray, I, I think, has really been building something special there, and I hope for And, I mean, I'm not the biggest college basketball guy, but uh, I, I hope that at least at some point, um, you know, Mike Bray and, and what they're doing there kind of gets there, you know, at least gets – to the final four to it to a championship game and, and maybe uh finally bring home a national championship for the basketball yeah definitely i mean it's uh definitely possible without a doubt and uh just one of those uh 
who knows what's going to happen this year? It's been an extremely weird sports year. I mean, who would have thought that uh, the 101 Falcons at the beginning of the year have are, are going to be playing in the Super Bowl? Uh, but hey, it's one of those years. Who knows? And uh, if if Big Jim likes your team, you're probably in trouble. So uh, be happy, <laughs> Big Jim's not a Duke fan, Tyler. <laughs> Yeah. So with that, uh, where do you want to go from here? Um, I, I think obviously, you know, looking at the the conference championship games from this past weekend, I think would be uh, would probably be a good thing to talk about. And we'll start in the NFC since you since you brought up the Falcons and going into this game, I I, I thought that it, it was it was going to be a shootout. I really did. I, I kind of thought that. Even though I think Atlanta's defense had been an underrated unit, a team that is probably somewhat forgot about just because in in a division that kind of gets forgot about, they're a team that I feel like gets forgot about. They're, they, they just are kind of their own entity down there. And, and because they've only been to one Super Bowl, obviously now two in their franchise's history, I think people just kind of write them off, especially when you're going into a weekend where you have the Pittsburgh Steelers, you have the New England Patriots, and you have the Green Bay Packers who just defeated the Dallas Cowboys. So there's a, there's a lot of storyline that, that was kind of going against Atlanta for, for people to really kind of take notice to them. And I thought that they were a defensive unit, a team that um, not a lot of people were kind of had their had had them on their radar. They they were a unit that could have surprised people, and I think on Sunday that's exactly what they did. Um, you know, Matt Ryan did what Matt Ryan has been doing most, if not the entire season. He was pretty much perfect: twenty-seven to thirty-eight, three ninety-two, four touchdowns, zero interceptions again. Um, and and the the Falcons just absolutely shredded the uh, the Green Bay Packers to the tune of forty-four to 21 before we dig much deeper uh first to dave then to tyler kind of just what where were your thoughts and um you know your your take on this game yeah i mean I, there, there's numbers you quoted were uh extremely good uh for matt ryan especially considering that they were uh they were playing the uh the vaunted and the feared dallas cowboys defense this past weekend i mean the number one seed they trucked through the regular season it's amazing to get them to see them get beat so bad especially at home <laughs> what happened jim i don't want to talk about it anymore that was last week dave oh oh whoops sorry I, i'm caught in the past uh <laughs> but no i, I think uh I think that Atlanta is going to give New England everything that they can handle, and they're going to do the same type of thing that they did against Green Bay. I mean, Atlanta has, um, I don't know if you call it the best wide receiving core, but they have an extremely deep wide receiving core. Uh, Julio's health, obviously, a giant question mark. Um, As always, it seems like he's got a uh, nagging condition that never goes away in his turf toe. I feel like he's had that for the past five years. Um, but they, they have the dual-headed back in the backfield, which gives you a ton of speed and a um, double uh, – both kinds of looks that they both can catch passes and both can run the ball. So you can't really scheme one way or the other with any of them in the game. And then Matt Ryan has just been unbelievable this, this year. And uh, this, this playoffs, he's been unbelievable as well. So it, it, it's almost one of those uh, – I, I think he has seven or eight touchdowns in the playoffs and uh, no interceptions, which if he doesn't turn the ball over against Belichick, it's going to be – a very uh, a very interesting game on how that goes down. But uh, 
you, you got to love the way Atlanta's playing right now because they're just uh, they're just that team that seems like everything's coming together right now. So um, definitely, uh, you definitely feel for Rodgers, but uh, that that fumble that happened. Uh, I don't know if it was the first quarter or second quarter, but that fumble that happened on their like 10 yard line, you could almost feel that that was the game right there. But if they, uh, they, they were able to get points on that somehow, you just didn't know what was going to happen. But uh, when that turned around and went the other way, it kind of felt like that was the game. So uh, kind of uh, my thoughts there, uh, Tyler, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you guys nailed it right on the head. I think it was just a case of Green Bay kind of made some mistakes, which, um, which they haven't over the last two months. And, uh, that made a huge difference. Matt Ryan made them pay for those, and God, I can't imagine. Uh, or I can imagine that Cowboys fans would love to have another shot at the Packers team that we saw this Sunday, as opposed to the Sunday before. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the thing. I had some I had some people text me through the game and and this, but watching what Atlanta did, uh, I'm actually much happier the the way things worked out because I I think with Dallas's defense. Although much improved throughout the year, I, I think the Falcons do this um, pretty much the same way to the Cowboys. Now, do I think the Cowboys' offense maybe w- would have been a little bit better? I have no idea, and I'm not even going to try and speculate on it. But um, I, I think Atlanta would have put up the same number, maybe more, maybe slightly less against Dallas this week. I mean, it's just that that offense is just running. With, with such precision right now, and I think that that's really the word to describe it. I, I, I think the uh, Matt Ryan hasn't thrown a interception. I think since sometime in mid November, or maybe even before that. I mean, it, it's the 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 way he is playing right now, and just getting so many guys involved. I think nine or ten guys had at least one catch um, on Sunday for Atlanta. I mean, that's. The, to spread the ball, and then you have two great running backs. This offense is has so many weapons that you can't key in more than one guy uh, on anyone because Matt Ryan, he's going to make you pay. The running game is going to make you pay. It's just, it really is a thing of beauty right now. Hey, Jim, uh, one thing I want to add to that, I saw it somewhere on Twitter. Again, my, my motto with things on Twitter is if it's on Twitter, it has to be true. So uh, bringing it to the show for that reason. But uh, I, I saw somewhere that I think he has 13 or 14 touchdown passes to different receivers this year, which is an NFL record. That is absolutely insane to think about. I mean, how many teams have 14 different receivers that caught passes this year, yet alone touchdown passes? So I think that just shows how um, understanding he is in, the, in this offense and uh, how well he, he doesn't care who gets the ball as long as it's best for the team. And the team has bought into that, too, that uh, you can't tell me Julio doesn't want 200 or 300 yards if they play the Panthers. But uh, if they win the game, he's okay getting 15 yards from the looks of it. So uh, kind of an interesting dynamic there that's developed. Yeah, it really is, and, and I mean, you, you also look at the fact that, and and this is this is kind of the thing that intrigues me uh, going at the Super Bowl next weekend is the Packers' offense, which really had kind of been running uh, very similarly to the Falcons in terms of precision, in terms of moving the ball, in terms of spreading the ball around. Um, they held the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, particularly, obviously, to two hundred eighty-seven yards passing. 
They had they only had uh, 99 yards rushing. Now I know the the running game for Atlanta has or excuse me for Green Bay has not been great to begin with. Uh, their leading rusher in the game was Aaron Rodgers, four for 46. Um, and 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 a couple of those, I if I remember correctly, are just kind of you know scramble and improvise. But you look at the rest of their running backs: Montgomery three for seventeen, Hundley one for fourteen, uh, Kristen Michael six for eleven, Ripkowski three for eleven. Um, you know you're you're he looking. They had ninety nine yards and over half of them was the quarterback then because Hundley's a backup quarterback. Yeah, I believe. right. So you're looking at at seventeen, eleven, and eleven are your three running backs for the game. Uh, that that shows you, and, and and in a way, that's why there's part of me that's not surprised by what happened because Dallas, in the second half particularly, kind of gave the blueprint for how you can slow Green Bay down and, and get a little pressure on Rodgers. They, ha- they didn't have the pass rush to really, um, you know, really make a difference. Atlanta does. And they only sacked Aaron Rodgers twice. But he got hit a lot. He was under pressure a lot. He was, you know, moving to save his ass a lot in this game. And, you know, that that I think is the telling thing, especially when you're looking at a New England team, which we'll obviously we'll talk about then. But that that has Tom Brady kind of looks more cement legged than he has at any point in his career that could make it really interesting. This Atlanta team, um, I think has surprised a lot of people and and kind of burst on the scene this week. Definitely. I, I don't have anything else in this game, but I'll throw it over to uh, Tyler if you have anything else as well. Yeah, no, I agree with everything that was said. I think it, uh, I think it's going to be an interesting Super Bowl, but I know we'll get to that uh, shortly. So I think, uh, yeah, I have nothing else to add to the NFC game. All right, so let's jump over to the AFC. Another, And, and here's another thing, just in general, guys. This this playoff season in the NFL has been abysmal. Um, you blowouts this week. You had blowouts all around week one. Um, you know, last weekend you you had only two close games, but you know one of them was boring as hell. The Chiefs and Steelers was boring as hell. The only really good game, and I'm not just saying it because I'm a Cowboys fan, but the, I think the only good game of this playoff year so far has been the Cowboys Packers. The, the in terms of viewership uh and 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 it, enjoying the product. I think it's been pretty bad. Uh before we jump into this one, you, what 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 do you think is attributed to it? Is it just that th- there is such a big gap from the best to everybody else in both co- both conferences or what? I I don't I don't really I I I mean, I know the the, you know the the penalties and things like that. Things we've talked about throughout the season have attributed to a poor, uh, poor watch. But in terms of the the just absolute, you know, seeming lack of competition in the NFL playoffs this year over other seasons, it just has has been kind of stunning to me. Yeah, um, I'll throw it over to Tyler first on this, but the first thing, I, the, the only thing I want to say first is it sounds like to me you, you've forgotten about the Dallas Cowboys season and you're you're hanging your hat on them having the best game of the playoffs. So I'm glad you have somewhere to put your hat. You seem pretty content with the season. So uh, I'll throw it over to Tyler and then I'll comment on it. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely will say that that, um, that Dallas Packers game was probably, I mean, not just obviously the best playoff game this year, but probably one of the best playoff games of 
um, that, that at least I've ever seen. And I think it's really, you know, holding up the rest of these games for this playoffs. It has just been awful. And even, like you said, that close Pittsburgh-KC game, I mean, it was still bad football. There was really nothing to get excited about. And, um, yeah, I don't know whether it's, you know, a big spread between the top team and the rest. But, um, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's hard to put a put your finger on it. But it's it's absolutely been a very disappointing playoff so far. I mean, the the only thing I can really think of is you look at the teams, and there's not a whole lot of teams that are are um, crystal clear healthy at this point in the year. I mean, your your, your Cowboys were healthy, Jim. The Falcons are healthy. Um, I, other than that. I don't know that there's really a healthy team in the playoff. I mean, the, the, the Packers are banged – or not the Packers, the Patriots are banged up on uh, both, both offensive and defensive line. They have a couple of receivers, Gronk. Um, so it, it's kind of like – I don't know if that's contributing to it. Or, I mean, I, I was shocked that we didn't get a better effort out of Pittsburgh this past weekend. But then you look at Pittsburgh's defense, and it's a very, very young defense. So maybe that played into it a little bit. But I'm – I mean, in Seattle, we, we, we talked about over and over how we thought that they were just ready to ready to break and uh, that, that they were uh, – it, it was just a matter of time type deal. But, uh, I, I mean, you have a whole, whole bunch of teams. I mean, you, you look at Houston and Oakland that first game, and that was – injuries on the quarterback starting out. So, I mean, that, that kind of set the tone for the playoffs there. And, um, I mean, it, it, it's, it's got to be a couple of things, too. I mean, we, we've complained about how uh, unwatchable a lot of the, the NFL games are all year. So, it's kind of flowing into the playoffs. But you would have expected to see better uh, better quality in the playoffs. So, uh, I don't really have an answer for you. But if I had to pick one thing, I would attribute it to injuries, I think. Yeah, it, ha- it has been a particularly bad year for those. It just – this this playoff year compared to others ha- has just really stood out to me as one that just in in terms of the the big picture all the games has really kind of been bad it, you know for for no other word i mean it, it, just to use a simple simple three letter word there it, it it has been bad um so let's look at the steelers and uh patriots game the final 36 to 17 but you look at it you know, a uh, a touchdown late for Pittsburgh. You know, they went for the, uh, you know, they, they went and got the two-point conversion. So, really, you know, this is kind of a 36-9 to game, uh, really. You know, one that was, was somewhat close early on, and New England just, again, fi- finds their way. And in the playoffs, in the biggest moments, Belichick and Tom Brady and company um, – you know, really, really go ahead and, uh, you know, to, you know, turn the, uh, you know, turn on the jets. Obviously it did not help for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Le'Veon Bell getting injured early. Um, you know, I'd come back for a short time and then spent the majority of this game on the bench. Uh, he, he only rushed the ball six times for 20 yards. Um, D'Angelo Williams, 14 carries 34 yards and a touchdown, relatively ineffective, um, you, you look at the two quarterbacks, pretty similar numbers here. Uh, Roethlisberger, 31 of 47, um, 314, one, one touchdown. He did have a pick. Tom Brady, 32 of 42 for 384 and three touchdowns. 
Um, but I think the thing that stands out to me, and it's kind of why I thought the Chiefs would beat the Steelers, um, it's why I thought that the Dolphins would have done better against the Steelers, even though uh, I did think that the Steelers were going to beat the Dolphins, just not in the manner that they did, is this Steelers defense, and and we'll obviously talk about New England then, but this Steelers team, particularly this Steelers defense, is such a far cry from what we as football fans have come to know with the Steelers. And I don't think it's any surprise that they're only a couple of years removed from Dick LeBeau no longer being on that staff. And I know that there was times towards the end with him that uh, there was frustration from Steelers fans. There was frustration within the organization that he was too old that the game was passing him by. But he's down in Tennessee. They look like they're they're on the heels of uh, you know, kind of building something pretty special and the Steelers defense, I mean, how, how many times did a new England receiver or, or, or pass catcher doesn't even have to be a receiver catch a ball. And there wasn't a white Jersey within 10 or more yards. You never saw that under a LeBeau defense. To me, that is such a, a, a lasting impression of what really happened, uh, with the Steelers and in, in this game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I can't really fault anything that you've said there. I mean, you know my uh, my love for Tom Brady, but uh, some of those passes, I think you could have thrown Big Jim, and you can't throw uh, you can't throw anything further than a bag of pickup or potato <laughs> chips. So easy for um, you to say. I, I mean, I've ne- I've never seen you uh, throw away potato chips though either. So absolutely um, that's a not. Relative statement. But uh, I, I think one thing that is. Uh, it's going to kind of, I don't want to say foreshadow, but it's going to be very interesting in the in the Brady Super Bowl here, what they do to try and pick apart Atlanta's defense. I mean, they clearly have a plan that has worked against Pittsburgh. I think they're 6-1 and one or 7-1 and one in the last eight against Pittsburgh, something along those lines. They've been pretty dominant. Um, but I, I don't know if it is a thing of New England is that good or they just have figured out Pittsburgh's number, for lack of better terms. Um, kind of a similar situation. I'm not picking on you with this one, Jim. So I, I, I admitted that prior to saying it, so it counts. But kind of like the, the Giants with the Cowboys this year, the Giants are not that, were not that good. But for some reason, they just had the Cowboys number. It, it almost feels like that's the way it is with New England, that New England just has Pittsburgh's number for some reason. Um, kind of like Baltimore always has New England's number when the game's in New England for the playoffs. So um, I... I don't really know what to make of this game. New England's a team I've had uh, no clue on what to do this entire year with. But the one thing that's, just, of course, is that they ha- they found a way to score that late or give up that late touchdown and bone the under. So uh, that was <laughs> so nice of them for me. So uh, anything on the game, Tyler? Uh, yeah, I think I would just add that um... – you know, I don't think Pittsburgh Steelers, the defense has been that bad. I'm just a bit confused with the game plan that they kind of took going into this game. I think the Texans showed that, you know, you can rattle Brady a bit if you're able to pressure him. And it just seems the Steelers just, you know, wanted nothing to do with trying to pressure him. And, you know, I thought they'd sit back. And um, I think everyone knows by now that if you give Brady time, he's going to he's gonna pick you apart. And I don't know if that was 
some unique mind game Tomlin was playing. I know, uh, you know, just going into this game, I know, like you said, some teams have other teams' numbers, and I think Tom Brady versus Tomlin over, like, 10 years has, you know, like, 19 touchdowns, no interceptions, something ridiculous like that. So I think, you know, maybe Tomlin was trying to be unique, but, God, it just seemed like a very unique or a very um, poor defensive game plan to try and shut down the Patriots, and obviously it, it, it didn't work at all. Yeah, no, it, it and obviously uh, f- for Dave and I being in Pennsylvania, the, you know, there's a lot of Steeler fans around here, and I know there were there was, I mean, what would an NFL game this year be without some sort of controversy or some sort of dispute uh, on a call? And I know there there was a lot of people upset with the, um, I, I guess it was the the Brady fumble that the the Steelers had the ball and they said it was. You know, clear recovery, which, um, I mean, to to me, it, it was just he came out of the pile with the ball. That doesn't necessarily mean there was a clear fumble recovery because there's nowhere on a replay that that, that showed clear recovery. And um, when the Steelers challenged it, it, it did uphold. Um, you know, did did you guys have any uh, any thoughts on on that particular play? I mean, or is it just? something to uh for for Steelers fans to gripe about uh or try and make an excuse about on this one um I thought it was kind of interesting but the one thing that uh kind of sticks in my mind is that they happen to uh that that kind of changes things and that goes against player safety if they give that ball to to Pittsburgh because it was clear a dogfight in the pile and that's who came out with it um but that being said it kind of reminded me my first thought on watching that was it was kind of like when that uh, in the Penn State USC Rose Bowl game, how the the hand on top of the ball was considered possession of the ball in that uh, that one fumble early in the second half. So um, I was thinking to myself, "There's no way this is overturned." But then that pumped into my mind, and I was like, "Who the heck knows what's going to happen?" So uh, I don't really have much on it other than that. But uh, interesting to say the least. Um, and then, you know, obviously New England, um, you know, the, the the story with them is pretty simple. You know, this team uh, with the, well, at least the current incarnation of this team, uh, the Brady, the Belichick and, and some of the core that's been there. This is their now seventh appearance in the Super Bowl for the franchise. This is their ninth. That is an NFL record. They're going for their uh, fifth. Super Bowl championship, which would tie them with San Francisco and Dallas at number two. Um, you know, and and I put up a post on the page, and I, I don't want to necessarily dig into that more because it digs into topics that have just absolutely been beaten to death. But people who don't like New England kind of beat those things to death. And as their reasoning for not liking New England, like I don't give a crap if anybody doesn't like New England for – um, you know, for, for real reasons or what have you. Um, but the, the thing I does look at count that I hate the health doesn't count that I hate New England and Tom Brady because my college roommate, um, had a bigger crush on Tom Brady than the girls had on InSync and Backstreet Boys. See, now that's totally okay. That I'm totally, yeah, that, that I'm fine with. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll follow that up. My uh, my college roommate, who I lived with for many years, was also grew up in Boston. Was also also a massive Pats fan, and I think it's safe to say whenever you have a a friend who has a 
a favorite team like that, God, you, you really learn to hate them as they, uh, as they rub their success in your face throughout, throughout, throughout the years. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, yeah, those, those are, those are completely valid reasons. And, and I, I, the thing I just, I look at when I, when I look at this new England franchise and look at this new England dynasty is just how impressive it is, especially in today's NFL in the salary cap world of the NFL because when Dallas did it when the 49ers did it when the Steelers did it you know back in 90s 80s 70s and you go back through time the you know the the league was so much different the makeup of of the way that that contracts and salaries and everything it was a completely different world for this team to continue to do it shows you in at least in my opinion and and maybe this is where the discussion comes in, in my opinion we're watching a guy who is, is to me the best quarterback of this era and the best definitely the best coach of this era i i i, I never like to play the of all time game so it, it's it it is something special love it or hate it, it to me it is it is just something that as a football fan I kind of just marvel at, and, and and I've been accused by listener Mitch of of being a closet Patriots fan, uh, but and I think it just comes from probably his hatred of the Patriots again, which is fine. That's uh, that's uh, definitely better than other things you've been uh, accused of being in the closet about. <laughs> oh, wow, um, but I mean, it just I, this is something special to me. This is something special, and uh, you know once. This this Brady Brady Belichick uh, definitely once Brady retires, I, I don't know if we see this at least for a long time. Again, I could probably be proven wrong because it does happen a lot, but I it, it it is just something absolutely special to me to 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 watch as a football fan. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing with my eyes on this is is it Bill Belichick or is it Tom Brady? Does Belichick make Brady or does Brady make Belichick? Um, obviously, I hate Tom Brady, so obviously Bill Belichick makes Tom Brady in my eyes. Um, can they what make? I would really wait, like to see is can I they like make each other? Bill Belichick. Well, they make each other in, at sandwiches at night, so yes. <laughs> but uh, the, my my question is. It, what would Bill Belichick be if he had another quarterback? Um, top-tier quarterback, say, um, you, you put Aaron Rodgers in there or uh, Drew Brees or Matt Ryan the way he's playing right now, what, what would, would Belichick be better? Um, where, it's hard for me to say how good Brady would be with him playing the whole career under one coach in one team in the same type of system. He, he fits the system really well, but – what does he look like with another – what does Belichick look like with another quarterback? And what does Brady look like in a different system? Now, the one thing you have to give Brady credit for is the only real wide receiver he's had is Randy Moss. But I don't know that a big-time wide receiver really fits in Belichick's system either. So, uh, kind of, what are your two thoughts on that? Uh, we'll send it to Tyler first because I don't want to listen to Jim Blabber more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think it's a, an interesting point and definitely a, a topic of – of argument with uh, myself and my buddies frequently, but uh, God, you just got to have respect for both of them, I think, as much as I hate them. And 
I think it's safe to say they've both adapted to each other's styles and have built something that's pretty impressive. And it's um, it's almost not fair to look at. You know, if if Rogers was with the Pats this whole time, I like to think their success would be similar and you know, Belichick would adapt to Roger's style and vice versa. And, you know, if Brady was elsewhere, I imagine he would have been successful as well. He obviously has a, has a knack to being, um, to, to being quite successful. So I think it's a, a difficult question, but um, I think it's just a, a perfect combination that um, unfortunately for us, we have to watch, watch them be successful throughout yeah, I mean, I, obviously, if you have a, a you know premier quarterback, uh, you know one of the one of the league's best quarterbacks, uh, if you put them in any of each other's systems, I think you're going to find similar success. the The really interesting question is if you would find some of those middle of the pack quarterbacks, and if you put them in New England, what would they do? And if you put Brady with their teams. What would he do? I mean, obviously, the most, um, the easiest kind of uh, you know thing to cite when you talk about this is when Joe Montana, at the end of his career, goes to Kansas City, a team that uh, was one of the worst in the league the year before he got there, and then when he gets there, he takes them to the playoffs, which is why many people, you know, regard Joe Montana. As the uh, as the best quarterback that's ever played the game, and I know one year he was on um, Dan Patrick show around the Super Bowl, and somebody asked him, "Would you rather be, you know, four and zero in the Super Bowl, which you are, or would you rather be four and two and have gotten to six? And and his response was, uh, "I can't answer that question. I never lost a Super Bowl," which I thought was such a great answer, but. You know, I, I don't. I don't know the answers. You know, necessarily to to that question, Dave. Uh, I I think to your to your initial point that I I I think in in, in there in in a little bit in each way, uh, Brady and Belichick make each other because it, it it's something that is just kind of one of these once in a in a generation tight pairings that that has worked like gangbusters uh for the new england patriots uh i'm gonna pause the show for a minute guys we're gonna take our quick break here and uh take care of the business on the ngsc sports end and on the other side we're gonna continue to uh discuss some nfl stuff and much more the huddle up podcast ngsc sports Are you the next michael jordan tom brady or Deion sanders do you have what it takes to become the next great talent whether you play baseball basketball football or any other sport you all at least have one thing in common the need to be recognized it doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level i'm next is the platform for you you're listening to ngsc sports radio Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.
back. Huddle Up Podcast, NGSCSports.com. Visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast. Also check out uh, all the shows on NGSC Sports Radio by going to the homepage, NGSCSports.com. Also, we stream this show daily, LeibSports.com, L-E-E-I-B Sports.com. Jim and Dave with our special guest, Tyler, here this week. And we are uh, very thankful again that uh, you are listening to us. Make sure you rate and review us if you subscribe on iTunes. That'll help the show uh, grow even more. Um, guys, just uh, kind of closing up the the NFL like championship weekend moving into the Super Bowl. Obviously, uh, you know, Dave and I are going to really break this down uh, next week. But um, er- early look at the at the Super Bowl, uh, New England opened as a three point favorite. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if we see that move a whole lot, Dave, you'd probably have a better, uh, you know, better answer or thought on that, but, um, I'll kind of leave this open to you guys. Just initial thoughts and, uh, we'll kick it over to Tyler, uh, first is just initial thoughts on this game. You know, what, what do you think about it? What do you think is going to happen? Um, just initial thoughts here. Uh, yeah, I guess first and foremost, it's, um, you know, with that line, three seems to be an accurate number. I've, I've heard of some books that have tried to go to three and a half, but, um, have given tons of juice, um, back on the pat. So I'm not sure. I think it'll stick at three and we'll see that for the next week and a half. But I think at this point, betting wise, God, it's hard to go against the pats, you know, just given their experience there, this is a, a new scenario to the Falcons and, I think uh, my first thoughts are, uh, you know, it should be interesting to see what Belichick does uh, defensively to eliminate Julio. Um, I know like what they, they've done with uh, Antonio Brown and some other top wide receivers, they'll probably have, you know, Logan Ryan and a safety help um, over top with Malcolm Butler covering, you know, Sanu or somebody else. But I mean, the Falcons have so many playmakers that can, that can step up. It'll be interesting to see if, if the Patriots have finally met their match with a, an offense that can keep up with them, and God, it's going to be a great game. Yeah, I think the the first thing that sticks out with me, I think uh, I, I think three is a uh, is the right number for the books to have at the moment. Um, but the first thing when I'm when I'm looking at handicapping this game, the first thing that really uh, goes into my mind, uh, and I need to find an answer on which I haven't yet, um, are they going to have Energy Stadium open or closed? So I think the dome plays significantly into Atlanta's advantage. Um, the weather's not going to be an issue, more than likely being in Texas. But uh, are they? Are they? Is this going to be uh, an advantage to Atlanta here? Um, I I tend to like the way that Atlanta's playing. Um, my my numbers, my guy that posts his power rankings and uh, his numbers, uh, neutral field has New England about a point and a half to two points better than Atlanta. Um, based on efficiencies and everything. Um, that number was slightly over two before the games this past weekend. So, um, again, I, th- I think the number three is accurate. You, you drop it to two and a half, um, you're going to take an absolute ton of money um, from a book perspective on New England. But you move it to three and a half, and you're going to have a whole bunch of people that are going to jump over fa- uh, all over the Falcons. Again, when you're a book, you just want to set a line and get you balanced action because then you're going to sit there and you're going to take the 10% middle. So, um, I, I don't think you – I will be – um, I will be more shocked if I see a, a four show up than if I see a two show up, but I don't think you have any shot uh, 
I don't think you have any shot in the world that uh, either showing up. I just think there's going to be too much resistance on either side. This is a, uh, this is a game that a lot of people have opinions on and uh, definitely going to be influenced. Um, the one way I would automatically go in this game um, in, I would not play it yet, but a uh, big game like this, I always like to play the under. So um, obviously something I'm going to wait on because the, there's going to be a lot of over money in this. Um, it's got to be in the, it's got to get close to 60. If it's not, I don't even know what the number is at this point, but it's got to be in the, the upper fifties or close to 60 by the time the game kicks off. So um, definitely going to be something I look at playing the under on uh, just uh personal preference, but uh, definitely like my unders. So, um, do, but my, do you have that? Sorry, go ahead. No, go right ahead. Go right ahead. I was just going to ask if you have that same mindset when it comes to NFC and AFC, AFC championship games, considering that, you know, we both saw, we saw both of those go over on Sunday um, with pretty high numbers to begin with as well. Um, I did not get involved with the first one. Uh, I, I, it was the, the highest total I think that's ever been posted for an NFL playoff game. Uh, I, I did not get involved, but the, uh, the, both of them barely went over. I thought the New England one was a pretty I thought I felt pretty good about the under in that game, uh, but I was wrong uh, by a little bit. So, um, I think both games going over the past weekend is going to help inflate the Super Bowl number a little bit. Um, I, I see this as like a, I see this as like a twenty, like a thirty-one twenty-seven type of game at most. Um, if it's that close, um, if I could see one of the two teams, and I don't know which team, I could see one of the two teams winning thirty-five seventeen, something like that too. Um, I, I think both teams are going to have to establish the run though, because I don't know that there's going to be any other way that they can keep the other offense. Um, under control, for lack of better terms. So, um, to kind of answer your question, that I, I do like the unders all the time. I, I very rarely play overs, just a personal preference. But uh, I, I did like uh, if I would have had to pick a total last week, and they both would have been unders. Yeah, I mean, for me, just looking at this, and, and not even, <clears throat> excuse me, from a from a betting standpoint, is I, I think a lot of people are. And, and I know it's it's kind of the intangible, it's the unmeasurable, is the experience. Uh, and, and that obviously that edge goes to New England. But to me, I, I'm looking at this as I, I think Atlanta is kind of the, 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 the clear-cut better team on, on paper and on the field and, and what we've seen. And I know what New England just did to um, I know what they just did to Pittsburgh, and I know the comeback they had and what they did do, uh, what they did to Houston. But I think that the road to the the Super Bowl was was much harder in the NFC, and I, I know that that's kind of a, a a change of tune from what I had a few weeks back, and I'm willing to admit that. But I I think it was a much harder road through the NFC, and Atlanta looks just as dominant if not more dominant than New England. And to me that that speaks volumes. I think that you know they they have a defensive unit that is more than capable of covering the receivers for New England and also getting the pressure on Tom Brady who like to you to like you've been saying for weeks Dave I don't think I don't think is nearly close to as healthy as he should be or needs to be at this point, maybe not should be, but needs to be at this point. I think Tom Brady's banged up. And, I mean, it shouldn't be surprised. The guy's pushing 40. I mean, as great as he is. 
but I, I think I think Atlanta or Atlanta's offense is better right now. Uh, they're they're playing unbelievably. They, they have so many weapons, and I I think their defense is probably playing better. Obviously, the intangible is the the experience and what will what will it do to Atlanta? Uh, but they they didn't look phased uh, in the NFC Championship. They didn't look phased in the divisional round. And I know the Super Bowl is a much different monster. And and also the, the the week off can can also change not only how the teams and how the pace and the rhythm of these teams are, and that it, that can have an effect on the uh, on the points as well. You know, it just and for, uh, you know I I think Atlanta is the better team. And Dave, your question about the uh, will the roof be open? I, I think that truly depends. I think they operate it the same way as Dallas does. It depends on what the uh, the low temperature would be, seeing as it will be obviously more of a night game, um, and if there's any precip- you know, any any rain or snow. I know you said uh, you know the the weather should be nice. It's Texas, but the year the Super Bowl is in Dallas, they had an ice storm that week. So um, you know, if the weather's going to be warm and clear, the the roof will probably be open. If there's any sort of a risk, they will probably have it closed. That would be my guess. I haven't seen any official statement on it. It makes perfect sense. I mean, I think uh, my my initial inclination is Atlanta, but I I don't have a strong feel at this point. Um, and part of that, I gotta I gotta you know think about it too because betting with your heart doesn't make money. It uh, just causes you to be doubly pissed off that if I bet Atlanta and then New England wins, well I'm doubly pissed that New England won and I lost money. So. Um, got to do some more digging into this one, but, uh, we'll definitely have something for y'all next week. Tyler, any more thoughts on, uh, on the Super Bowl? Um, yeah, I guess just to be devil's advocate, I, I think I would say that, you know, it's, um, I mean, last week Brady arguably had maybe one of his best playoff games. It's not one of his best games of all time. So I think, you know, whether it's banged up or not, I think it, uh, it's not going to matter again to set Atlanta defense. Maybe they can get a rush and put some pressure on them. But I think, um, God, it's, it's tough to bet against Brady. It, what he did to Pittsburgh defense that um, uh, had been playing quite well, I would say, I think is, is pretty impressive. So I would just take that into consideration when, uh, whenever everyone's making their picks next weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, until next week, we're kind of put a bow on the uh, on the Super Bowl. Just a couple of uh, football topics I'll have, and then I'll kind of turn it over to uh, if there's anything else you guys want to cover. Uh, I think you know, grabbing a lot of headlines. Ben Roethlisberger um, was on uh, 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh, and coming off the loss this week, uh, he said, "quote I'm going to take this season, this off season to evaluate." to consider all options, to consider health and family and things like that, and just kind of take time away to evaluate next season if there's going to be a next season. Um, you know, obviously, you know, that, that kind of grabs the uh, grabs the attention, grabs the headlines, makes, uh, makes you think that uh, Ben Roethlisberger might be at least considering uh, retirement uh, from the National Football League and – you know, if he is considering it, I don't necessarily blame him. Um, you know, the guy's 34. Uh, he's, he's you know, really been banged up over his career. Um, I know he's had some concussion problems. He's had other injury problems. 
He fought through an injury uh, in in the playoffs. You know, you you, you got to wonder how many years are left in the tank. Um, I guess a two part question to to each of you. I guess we'll start at Dave. Is you know, do you think this that that this is actually uh, Ben Roethlisberger considering retirement for real, um, or is you know, do you think he's just get trying to get a reaction uh, from the media and and uh, you know, kind of seeing where the Steelers organization is at, and if he is retiring, where where do you where do you kind of put Ben Roethlisberger on you know quarterbacks of this era or maybe even all time? Um, well, first question: um, Is he going to retire? I think the answer to that is an astounding no. Um, I, I is he considering it? Uh, I think the likely solution, if he is considering it. He's going to come out and say that uh, next season is his last year. Um, I, I think that is something that's very possible that comes out of this whole thing. Um, I, I personally don't think that Ben will go um, with being a, a loss in Foxborough as his last game. Um, but what do I know? It could happen. It could not. Um, how do I rank Ben as a quarterback? Um, I, I think when you think of Ben, the, the number one word that has to uh, – has to come out um, is how tough he is. Uh, the, the man has been through probably more injuries than any quarterback in recent memory. Um, he, he's, a, he's a winner and a leader based on that type of stuff. Um, but the, the interesting thing and it's fresh in my mind is the wife was watching football with me last weekend, which is a shocking thing because she hates football worse than you and I hate the NBA, Jim. <laughs> uh, so um, she – she looked at Ben and asked uh, why they let a lineman throw a ball. Yeah, so he's he's getting bigger. Because he does he he does not have the textbook quarterback body. So I, I mean I think you you factor that in a little bit too. But uh, I mean Ben's got to have a legacy. He's got a couple Super Bowls, I believe. Uh, so he he's. He's, I, I would say he's borderline Hall of Famer, if not uh, one that gets in, but I don't think he's a sure thing first ballot, in my opinion. Tyler, your thoughts on uh, on Roethlisberger? Uh, yeah, I guess first and foremost, I find it a bit ironic that uh, um, just with the decision on next year, that for once Big Ben is now the one who's being backed into a corner, which you know, <laughs> I find a bit funny. But, uh, <laughs> But uh, as far as him retiring, yeah, like like you said, I think it's it's a long shot. I think it's very unlikely. I think this is just a bit of Ben being, you know, I kind of he comes across to me as a bit of a drama queen. Just going back to, you know, even when he had his knee injury this year, there were pretty credible sources that said they estimated his time back, you know, as being much longer than than what was really thought, just to make it seem like he was going to be tough when he came back after uh, two or three weeks and. I think the other reason maybe he's, he just wants to put a little um, pressure on the organization just to say that he's, uh, you know, maybe a bit sick of the crap that's going around the team and some of these off-field issues seem to be, uh, you know, taking away from from him putting together what, what is likely a, a Hall of Fame career. And I think you can make the case that he's probably a, you know, top 40, top 30 quarterback of all time. So I think he'll be, I think he's a safe bet to go in the, the Hall of Fame. But like you said, I, you know, I wouldn't put any money on it that he's a, um, a first ballot, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a you know he's a two time Super Bowl champion, five time Pro Bowler, and and we'll kind of talk about maybe what that means 
Uh, he, you know, he was the rookie of the year. Um, you know, when he came into the league in 2004, um, he led the league in passing in 2014. And, and yeah, he's tough. Uh, there, there's no denying he's tough. Um, you know, to me, I, I think, uh, you know, I think there's a bit of controversial there. And, and I know Tyler, in a, in a funny way, you kind of touched on it, but you know, there's, there's always kind of this, uh, aura about him. There's a lot of people who don't like him because of, uh, the accusations, which again, he was never found of, but, uh, when, when you have a, have a cleanup crew, sweep a bathroom, um, it, it's kind of hard to make a case and that's where I'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> But you know the, the the guy is big. Yeah, he's not your he's not your typical quarterback. If, if you're looking at him, he does not look like what you typically think of a quarterback. Uh, I think he will be a Hall of Famer, um, and and he is he's one of the toughest. You know, he's led the Steelers. He's he's been uh, a huge part of that organization and obviously the recent history. But um, you know, I've I've. It just never really seemed to like the guy. I will re respect the you know his ability on the field, but that's about it. Um, he's just there's there's something about him, and I just think it's um, between him and the organization, and uh, I think even to agree the NFL because I think you know, and I'm not saying they play favoritism, but I think the the NFL sees the value in the Steelers organization, um, and you kind of want to make sure that uh, they are somewhat protected. And, uh, and, and that, that's that, but I think, I, I do not think he retires this off season. I think you're looking at, um, the fact that Antonio Brown, uh, will be in a contract year next year. And there's kind of some buzz around him. And maybe this is kind of may, maybe trying to, you know, take some of the distraction away, uh, from some of the Antonio Brown stuff. I, I think a lot of these things are carefully coordinated by public relations teams, uh, with the NFL and with these organizations. So uh, no, I don't think Ben uh, will be retiring. And 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 finally, guys, the Pro Bowl. This is my kind of last thing. And again, I'll let then it kind of go towards you guys. Is Pro Bowl this weekend? Never. I you know, and and I'll talk about it throughout the year when different All Star games come up. But I hate All Star games. I think that they are pointless. I think the Pro Bowl is pointless. Um, but the. The thing that I, I, I am intrigued by is what is coming tomorrow night, January 26th, 7 o'clock on ESPN, and this is the Pro Bowl Skills Showdown, uh, where there are uh, different competitions pitting, of course, the AFC and NFC. They've returned to that format. Uh, why they went the, uh, otherwise is still kind of beyond me. But you you have different competitions um, the, the, these are the names of them, Epic Pro Bowl Dodgeball, where the, uh, Pro Bowlers are completing, competing a game of dodgeball, the Power Relay Challenge, four team members will compete in a timed relay race, uh, precision passing, two players on each team will battle it out, trying to hit moving targets of varying size and distance, and then best hands, quarterback and wide receiver duos from each team will show off their skills, connecting on as many pass attempts as possible uh, before time runs out. So, uh, I mean, I've always and been a fan. Yeah, I've, I've always – go ahead. You left there the, you left there the new one they announced yesterday, which is the drone drop, which would be receivers from each team um, catching balls that are dropped from drones hovering over the field. Oh, wow. Yeah, I totally missed that. Uh, I mean – completely honest with that. <laughs> 
Um, I mean, here's the thing. Like when it comes to uh, NHL All Star Weekend, which I think is this weekend as well, um, I've always enjoyed the, the the skills competition. I've always enjoyed the slam dunk contest, the uh, three point contest, all the stuff with the NBA. Wait, you just said you enjoyed basketball. I I do enjoy the skills competition when it comes to the NBA. I can't stand watching an NBA basketball game. Um, I like the home run derby and and all the stuff around the MLB All Star Game. So putting something like this. I actually like this. I, I will not watch the Pro Bowl. I will be watching this uh, as I watch, you know, all the skills competition things because you know it, it's kind of fun. Uh, I've been I've been to All Star games. I've been to skills competitions. Uh, All Star games as a whole are, are the absolute most boring, pointless, stupid thing in sports. But uh, but I do I enjoy the skills competition. I think this is a cool idea. I'm glad to see uh, I'm glad to see they're doing it. Uh, Dave and then Tyler, you can give your thoughts on this. Yeah, real quick on this, uh, Jim. The the thing that frustrates me with the the NFL um, Pro Bowl, and I know it's a gripe, and I don't know what the heck else you do, but given how physical the NFL season is, you have to have the Pro Bowl. You can't have the Pro Bowl in the middle of the season. But at the same time, who really wants to play in an all-star game? And, I, and I'm doing the air quotes that you can't see, but who really wants to play in an all-star game that's going to cause their season to actually be longer. I mean, you have to stay in, I don't want to say you have to stay in prime shape, but you have to stay in shape and you're, you're taking on a slight chance of injury here. I mean, I, I don't know that you have the level of, it, it's just odd to me. Like, Oh, the Super Bowl's you, the Super Bowl's next weekend, but here's our all-star game. So it, it's just kind of a bit odd to me. And I've never been a real fan of it either. Um, so it, it's just, it, I, I can find about 18 other things to watch on Sunday on uh, any, any hockey game or anything, uh, any college basketball game is going to be better than the Pro Bowl. So yeah, and I mean um, it, definitely. Uh, unless you're talking about the late great Sean Taylor, a lot of these guys aren't hitting at full speed and full contact either. Which, for the record, that was the the best uh, thing ever in the history of the Pro Bowl was Sean Sean Taylor blocking the shit out of a punter. Uh, it's spectacular. But uh, yeah, no, it's it, it is it is silly. That's all I had then. So uh, Tyler, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'd have to agree. I can't say I'd ever I've ever watched a Pro Bowl. Um, can't say I ever intend to watch a Pro Bowl. If if I have nothing to do this Thursday night, yeah, maybe I'll throw in the skills challenge. But I'm definitely not, um, you know, going to be uh, recording it or waiting by the TV for it. And I mean, anyone who's watched a minute of football should be amazed at how there aren't injuries that happen every single play. So I can understand why, you know, these guys aren't too excited to go out and, you know, have a game that uh, essentially just puts an injury, uh, an, an even greater injury risk at play. And it just doesn't really make sense in a, in a, a non-guaranteed contract sport where an injury can absolutely ruin your career. Yeah, no, that, that that's a great point as well. Uh, I mean, the, the the skill stuff is fun, um, you know. And if you're going to have the All Star Game, which they're going to do, um, you know, I, I'd I'd much rather just see the uh, the skill stuff, have a little fun with it, instead of playing a 110 percent meaningless game. Um, but uh, really, guys, that that's all kind of the stories I have. I'll kick it over to Dave. Kick it over to you, Tyler. Uh, if there's anything else that uh, was on your mind, uh, caught your eye this week in sports, and if not, we're going to uh, close this thing out. 
Yeah, I have uh, I have two things. Um, one, I, I kind of talked to you about real quick before the show, Jim. Um, I know absolutely no details on it, but I saw um, a headline on Yahoo Sports that uh, out in Seattle, um, King Felix was actually robbed and in part of a uh, burglary ring. And uh, they actually caught the robber, and he had King Felix's watch on from what the headline had said. But uh, this just amazes me because, I mean, I, if I look at this, if I look at my, uh, my Mariners team here, if there's one guy I don't mess with on that team, it's probably King Felix. But uh, just one of those interesting stories coming out in the news that it, it, it's what the heck are you thinking? And I, I got to believe it's uh, a blur, burglary ring that just happened, and uh, somehow they had to hit uh, King Felix's house. I mean, the man can't live in a small house. So they were probably in a neighborhood or something along those lines, and uh, he was just the next target. But uh, interesting, uh, interesting story to say the least. Um, but the the other thing I want to touch on then, um, and I, I know Jim, you're a hockey fan. Uh, Tyler, you seem to have some knowledge on it. Uh, I'll buy it. Uh, kind of being required living in uh, our, our northerly friend up north, a. Eh? Um, but I I. I I, I can't remember a hockey season in recent memory where we have seen so many long winning streaks. I mean, Columbus was on one earlier this year, 15, 16 games. The Flyers railed off 10 or so, 10 or 12. And I don't know if they've won a game since then. I know they won tonight, so I'm being facetious. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I just can't remember an NHL season where there have been so many lengthy winning and point streaks that have happened. Um, I, I don't know that I can remember many sports seasons where there's been – and it, it, the thing that's been amazing to me is, is it, it's you go on a 10-game winning streak and you look at your 25 games, including the 10-game win streak, and you're 500 during it. Like it, It's like you're getting all your wins all at once, but then you're not taking advantage of going 500 right after it. You're, you're going on the exact opposite. So have you guys – can you think of anything that's happened similar to this in sports? Because I think it's—I think I saw somewhere that there were uh, there, there's been eight or nine winning streaks of uh, eight plus games in the NHL this year, which is just absurd. Tyler, go ahead. Uh, your thoughts on that first? Yeah, yeah. I think I mean, like you said, I think it is a bit of a anomaly, but. I mean, just looking at the Flyers, it all kind of seems to work out in the end. I think they backed up their 10-game winning streak with, you know, then winning three of their next, you know, 15, 15 or 12 games. So, um, you know, it probably worked itself out in the end. But uh, for as a reason why, I guess, you know, hockey is a, a very streaky sport. And, you know, I guess these teams get hot, they get some chemistry, and, and they run with it. But, uh, but yeah, it's interesting that it, it doesn't really um, – happen in other sports like basketball and things like that except for you know the top teams when they're facing some of the lower lower uh, ranked teams yeah it's it's uh, you, you and I were touching on a little bit Dave when we were in show prep and I I I, I don't know I don't know that I've, I I can remember a season like this I don't know that um I, I can re- recall this in in other sports either this is really kind of an anomaly and it'll be interesting to see um, as we turn into the second half of the year, head towards the the postseason, um, how this really plays out because obviously it can be all well and good to go streaky um, wins or, or losses to a degree. I mean, you, you got to get control of the losses um, in the regular season, but you, you can't 
you can't afford to get streaky, at least on the losing end, uh, in the postseason. You're going to bounce pretty quick there. Um, to, to see exactly how it plays out and who the teams are that are playing the best at the end of the season and into the postseason because, unfortunately, uh, Dave, you and I as Caps fans, we know that um, playing great hockey in November, December, January uh, doesn't mean shit when you get to the springtime. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what what's causing it. I don't know if there's uh, you know, something in something in those water bottles or what? I don't know what it is that has been causing uh, all all the streakiness. Uh, you know, seventeen wins for for Columbus and uh, ten, I think ten plus for the Flyers. The Caps had nine wins in a row at one point, and 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 you know, who who's going to be the next one? Who's going to be the next one that gets uh, on on a crazy you know consecutive win streak? It it, it truly just baffles me. Yeah, I, I agree. It's just. It's just baffling. I mean, and it, it was out of nowhere, too. It's not like uh, like if New York Islanders just went on a win streak after uh, relieving their coach of their duties. You can see why they're going to do that because the team has to perform their jobs on the line with the new uh, new bench boss behind there. But the, these are just like out of nowhere. Like all of a sudden we're like, oh, we're the Flyers. We're going to win 10 games in a row and no reason for it or anything. So um, that that is uh, that's pretty much all I had to discuss. Uh, Tyler, we'll turn it over to you if there's anything you want to bring up or uh, anything across any of the sports. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, two two quick things I did um, make a note of, but I just got to ask Jim: Is anything in the office um, that you've had to do for Dave, considering you were seven picks? inferior to him during the college football pool that's pretty impressive <laughs> uh no and, and i think it's because in uh in the overall nfl pick em, uh i i dominated him probably just as much uh over the course of the season so it, it kind of balanced out i think if one of us had uh had been been that much better on on both sides then i, I don't even want to think about the things that he could have had me uh made me do or had me do so uh luckily i was able to be the uh the better man in the uh in the nfl picks this year for, for uh, the maybe. record completely that was unprompted by me and i believe i won college by way more than you beat me in the nfl so i hold the net win on that <laughs> dave did you enter any any other contests i mean 29 of 41 surely that would have won you a couple pools if you uh you entered broadly. I, I was only in two additional ones, and uh, I actually got second place in both of them. So, uh, oh wow, kind of shocking on it. Uh, but uh, it, it was uh, it was pretty cool. Um, uh, definitely a. I actually do better with the the smaller schools that uh, no one knows anything about, and actually struggle more with the bigger schools as as was pretty pretty evident there. So. Um, it, 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 I, I told Jim, I said, I needed a five to six game lead by the time we hit the, uh, late December bowls. And I think I have more than that. So, um, but I, 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 I sit there and I struggle more with the bigger schools. I, I get all the publicity on them and it's not what I uh, look into. And I, I research, I'm actually able to, uh, kind of form my own opinion based on what I see versus hearing all the, the ESPN opinions and everything else. So, um, definitely interesting that, uh, it's kind of the the opposite of what you would expect, but uh, definitely hats uh, hats off to you as well on that. Uh, definitely a uh, very successful bowl season for you, hopefully, and uh, hopefully you're able to uh, cash in on it as well. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did okay, and uh, and some other pools, so quite happy with that. 
And just one um, one final thing, if we have some time, just a quick plug. I know I saw Jim um, and the uh, Huddle Up podcast uh, Twitter feed um, uh, tweeted out, but today in Canada, obviously, it's a big day with um, Bell, who's one of our big um, internet phone TV service providers. They're doing a big uh, mental health initiative push. So um, I don't know how many listeners listen live, but uh, before the end of today, if everyone can get a, a, a tweet in with a hashtag Bell Let's Talk, send a text, do something like that, and uh, Bell contributes five cents for every um, text message call tweet, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever it is. And I think they're up to something like 121 million already. So um, every little bit helps. And um, uh, thank you guys for, for tweeting that already today. It's been, uh, it's, it's been a very good program and for a very good cause. Yeah, no, it really is. And, and it's something that it's so easy to do. Um, it's a simple tweet, a simple, you know, simple something out there on social media and i mean i'll, I'll be 100 percent honest and, and it, we like to have fun on this show we don't we don't take it too seriously we don't get too serious a lot of times um actually seeking help probably saved my life um because uh, i hit i literally hit a point with anxiety and depression where uh, i couldn't leave my house um and i and i couldn't uh be left alone in my house uh, because I, I was I, I was having that many um, uh, panic attacks, anxiety attacks, breakdowns. Uh, I pretty much had a mental breakdown about um, it was uh, it was around 2007. So I mean, it'll be it'll be about 10 years ago, and uh, I don't know what caused it. I don't know what exactly it was that kind of uh, made me snap. And uh, getting help, I sought counseling. And, um, I never went on any type of medication for it. I, I, I made a point not to, because a lot of it was just a buildup of, of problems over the years. And, um, that was almost 10 years ago. I still go to counseling to this day, uh, every, you know, once every about six weeks or so. And, uh, it has been the best thing that I've ever done because in the last 10 years, I have become and done things that I never thought I would ever do. Show This show, this podcast, I have two podcasts. Um, I've done uh, live performances. I, I've done so many things that if it wasn't for, um, you know, it wasn't for counseling and just not being afraid, not being afraid of the stigma or any of that anymore, that, uh, that, uh, that it really changed my life. So, uh, yes, hashtag bell. Let's talk. It, it is, it is huge. Do it. it. It's simple. It's that easy guys to, to be able to do that. Uh, Dave, any, any, uh, thoughts on, on this initiative? No, definitely on board and uh, great job on Tyler. We're bringing that up. And, uh, I have not tweeted yet today. I was busy with board and, uh, I will definitely do that after the show and, uh, make sure that we get that up there. But, uh, um, I don't have anything else, so uh, we'll, we'll close it out here, Jim. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I just want to congratulate Tyler one more time, and uh, thanks for joining us for the, the podcast. Uh, excellent job. Um, definitely have to have you back on uh, after uh, after conference tournament or something along those lines and uh, talk some college hoops once we uh, shift kind of over that way a little bit if you're uh, willing to. And, uh, um, Jim, I'll turn it back over to you to uh, start the closeout process. Yeah, Tyler. Again, congratulations for uh, for winning for winning the spot. Uh, I've, I've absolutely had a fun time 
uh, talking to you here tonight. Uh, before we let you go, let people know, uh, since we know you are on Twitter, make sure people know uh, where they can follow you. And, and yeah, like Dave, I'll echo what Dave said. We'll absolutely uh, have you back on again sometime in the future. Yeah, thanks. I really appreciate the opportunity. Like I said, it's, a, it's an awesome prize you guys have for, for your pools, and this has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. So my Twitter handle is uh, grovesy15, G-R-O-B-E-S-Y-1-5. Uh, can't say I tweet um, all that much, but um, definitely keen to uh, chat about anything sport-related, especially anything uh, Duke basketball-related. So um, thanks again, guys, and I would love to come back uh, sometime in the future. That would be great. All right, man. It was good talking to you. Take care of yourself, and uh, and yeah, enjoy the the rest of the college basketball season. Cheers, thanks, guys. All right, so again, thanks to Tyler, and congratulations, mm-hmm. Dave. As uh, we continue the closing up process, make sure they can uh, you tell them where they can follow you, and uh, then we're going to get out of here, my friend. Definitely. Uh, Twitter handle is at d gerhart g e r h a r t zero two four. Uh, again, uh, going to be a uh, busy week with uh, getting ready for the the uh, mega Super Bowl uh, next weekend. So I uh, got a lot of uh, research and uh, we'll put some get put together some uh, good nuggets for the show next week. Uh, hopefully, we can build some listeners and uh, get some uh, call-ins with that next week and uh, have a lot of listener interaction on it. But uh, again, a uh, a pretty um, I don't want to call it lackluster week in sports coming up because it's kind of a calm before the storm that the anticipation for the Super Bowl, um, I have to believe is going to be one of the, the most anticipated Super Bowls of all time, just given what everyone has seen on the field, on the field, the, uh, the past two weeks. So uh, I, I think the Super Bowl is going to be um, beyond hyped. Uh, uh, probably anything that we have seen most recently, uh, the, the, the probably the, the, the hype that's going to be behind is kind of when the Patriots were going for their undefeated season, uh, and David Tyree made that ridiculous catch, um, which just to note, uh, I, I watched my roommate put a remote through a TV with that catch. So uh, pretty <laughs> awesome moment that Dave will never forget in sports. Um, but uh, yeah, Jim, uh, definitely going to be a, a good one next week and uh, good show as always. Um, again, I'm on Twitter at, uh, at dgerhart 24 uh, Look forward to chatting with everyone next week. Uh, hope you all enjoy the uh uh, the Pro Bowls and everything else going on this week in sports. So uh, I'll, I'll echo what uh, Tyler said, and I'll leave you with the cheers. All right, Dave. We'll talk to you next week, bud. You got it, Jimmy. So that's going to do it again. Thanks, Tyler. Thank uh, Dave as well. Thank everyone for listening. Uh, it has been a fun show and definitely one that uh, is going to go in the books now. And, and remember, we will be live next Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time as we are Uh, throughout the season Uh, for the Super Bowl preview. That one's going to be pretty fun. You can follow the show now on Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast. I am at Big Jim Sports. Go to Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast. Also go to NGSCSports.com for all the shows, all the content, and much, much more. All the shows across the NGSC Sports radio network. You can also podcast our show. Make sure to rate and review it on iTunes. Also subscribe on Android. And here is daily at leapsports.com. That is L-E-E-I-B sports.com. Again, thank you, everyone. Follow us on Twitter. Help us reach our goal by the Super Bowl of at least 100 followers. That is, again, at Huddle Up Podcast. We will talk to you next week as we preview in-depth the Super Bowl. Until that time, be safe and go for the win. Uh-huh.
Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you.